Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning, everyone. It's good to be back in the States after having been gone for a couple of weeks. It's great to see you all. Thank you for being here. And for those of you joining us on our live stream, we thank you for joining us as well. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God sent the Son into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. My brothers and sisters in Christ, this Sunday and next Sunday, we focus on the cross. The cross of the Feast of the Holy Cross is this Tuesday, the 14th. It's a major feast day of the church, the liturgical calendar of the church. It is such a major feast day that the Sunday before and the Sunday after is dedicated to it. So today, I just want to offer a few brief reflections on the cross, kind of weaving into this theme two major events. The first is the 20-year anniversary of 9-11. It was yesterday, I'm sure you all know. And the second is the Nativity of the Theotokos, the leave-taking of the feast we celebrate today. So, for the 20th anniversary of 9-11, I can't believe it's been 20 years. Archbishop Demetrius was the Archbishop of the United States at the time when 9-11 happened. And he offered some really powerful reflections. I just want to share a few with you because it's pertinent to the cross. Archbishop Demetrius told the story of this man, after the Twin Towers fell, that this man who was up on this machine, it was, a, what do you call those things that kind of dig and they have these metal claws, right? I don't know what you call them, but you have to climb up a tall ladder to get to this, to this what do you call it? Excavator. excavator. Thank you. Thank you, Basile. An excavator, yes. The excavator. So he was in this excavator. And he was excavating the 9-11 site. And Archbishop Demetrius, because he was in New York, he would go out and he would go out first and foremost every day to pray with those who have lost loved ones, with the firefighters and those working in the area. He would go out to pray with them. So this man who was working this excavator saw Bishop, Archbishop Demetrius, and he comes down from his excavator, and he goes to Archbishop Demetrius, and he says to him, because he recognized him as a priest, although the man probably was not orthodox, he said to Archbishop Demetrius, Sir, will you pray for me? And Archbishop Demetrius said, Of course. Of course I will pray for you. What? What do you specifically need prayers for, my, my, my son in Christ? And the man said, Sir, when I'm, at, when I'm at a construction site and I'm excavating the site, normally it's just stuff that I pick up that's, you know, building, refuge from the building or whatever happens. 
But he said to Archbishop Demetrius, this time I'm excavating a site and I'm excavating human remains with me. And I'm having a very, very difficult, difficult time So Archbishop Demetrius said, of course I will pray for you. And as he prayed for him, and as he was blessing him with the cross, the tears just started pouring out of his hands. He was in pain. In fact, the whole country was in pain. The power of prayer, the power of the cross, the power of a blessing someone is in need. There's another beautiful story of this man he was working the 9-11 site and he was retrieving bodies because after the Twin Towers had fallen. And you probably know this story, it's pretty popular. Anyway, so he was, he was retrieving some human remains. He looks up and what does he see but a cross? Have you seen that? Have you seen pictures of it? The, the, the cross of, they call it, I believe, the cross of 9-11. You've seen it, right? So this man, he looked up, he saw this this cross made out of steel beams that just happened to be within feet of him. And he went to the cross and he knelt down in front of him and began to pray just in tears. And people were coming up to this cross and they were writing the names of people that had been lost or who had not been found yet on the cross. And this man said something very powerful and very interesting that I will never forget in his witness. He said, I saw the cross, and I immediately went to it. Because the cross, for me, in that moment of my life, was a symbol of forgiveness, was a symbol of peace, but most importantly, was a symbol of hope. Isn't that beautiful? Reflections, reflections from 9-11 in the context of the cross. Today, we also celebrate the leave-taking of the Feast of the Nativity of the Theophilus. You probably know the story. Joachim and Anna were elderly, and because they were elderly, they could not have, they did not have, they did not have children. And in the Hebraic tradition back then, if you could not, if you did not have children, you were, it was very, it was looked down upon by the Hebrews back in those days, prior to the time of Christ. In fact, people were almost shamed for it. The tradition of the church teaches us that when St. Joachim went into the temple to offer two turtle doves, a, a poor man's gift to God, the priest of the temple wouldn't take the turtle doves as an offering from St. Joachim because they were childless. So St. Joachim and Anna was carrying this burden in their hearts for so many years. And after that instance in the temple, what did St. Joachim and Anna do? They went out and they prayed. St. Joachim and Anna went out and prayed, and then our Lord and Savior sent the Archangel Gabriel to St. Joachim and St. Anna. And the Archangel Gabriel said to St. Joachim and Anna, don't worry, Bidya, I'm going to bless you with a child. And the child that you're going to have is going to be the child of Panagia. And she will, be, she will bring God into the world. And St. Joachim and Anna are like, what? How can this possibly be? We're advanced in age. It isn't possible. And the Archangel Gabriel said, it is going to happen. 
And sure enough, St. Joachim and Anna conceived and brought the Panaya into the world. I want you to think for a second about the cross that St. Joachim and Anna were carrying. Shame is a very powerful thing. It's not a healthy thing, by the way. And by the way, as a side note, it came into the world as a result of the fall, right? Shame is not of God. Shame came into the world as a result of the fall. You can read that in the book of Genesis. But St. Joachim and Anna were carrying this, this, this heavy, heavy cross. This burden. And God came to them and blessed them and gave them hope as they were carrying their cross. So all this might be great, Father. <laughs> These are all great stories. I really, uh, you know, I love stories. I hope you do too. These are all great. But you might be thinking, well, what does this have to do with me? What does this have to do with you? What does this have to do in our lives here and now as we celebrate the four feasts of the cross today? And it's very simple, but it's very powerful, and it's very important. Because if we don't get this answer, then our journey here on earth, our walk with God, isn't going to be as, we aren't going to be as connected with God as we could possibly be. So it's very, very, very important that we all, including myself, that we all get this. And you know what that is? The cross of Christ is an expression of Christ's love for us. It brings us hope. It's a, it's a symbol of forgiveness. It's a symbol of love. His love for us. Because He came from heaven to be crucified on the cross and resurrected that we may have eternal life in His name. So here it is. Are you ready for it? You ready? Christ's love through the cross demands a response from us. Demands a response from me, Father Demands a response from each and every one of us. Maybe demands is a strong word. How about invites us? How am I, through the cross, invited to express and be thankful for God's love for me in this world? How are you, through the cross of Christ, going to express God's love in this world? For each of us, the journey might be, the answer might be a little bit different. How I express Christ's love in the world might be different than how you express Christ's love in the world. For all of us, I hope, the common denominator is prayer. Christ loves us so much that we must first and foremost be people of prayer. That's what the man did in the excavator in the story I told. That's what the man did who found the cross of 9-11. That's what the Okimanana did first and foremost when they were carrying the crosses. They went to Christ. They Prayer, prayer was the, was the first thing in their journey. And I pray it is for me and I pray it is for you. I pray it is for all of us. I promise you, my brothers and sisters in Christ, if we respond to Christ's love with love, our faith will grow in our hearts. We will feel more connected with Christ. We will be more joyful in our lives. And our depth of faith will grow. But you might say, Ah, Father, I'm a sinner. How can God possibly love me? How can I possibly feel God's love? I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. We're all sinners, my brothers and sisters Christ. But remember, Christ's love for us, me and you and all of us, is unconditional. It doesn't matter that we're sinners. He loves us anyway. That's not an excuse to sin. But He loves me and you. He loves us anyway. 
he wants us to express that love to one another and to his glory. Remember, and I leave you with this thought. At every liturgy, at every liturgy, we say this prayer multiple times. Let us commit ourselves and one another and our whole life unto Christ our God. How many times do we pray that petition? Seven to eight times throughout the entire liturgy? Let us commit ourselves and one another and our whole life unto Christ our God. As we share Christ's love into the world and with one another, it is a form of committing our life to Christ. How are you and I going to do that? Remembering that our Lord came into the world not to condemn the world, but so that the world might be saved. May our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ bless us all and keep us in His care on this day. Amen.